Previously on Those Were the Days. He asks him what's going on and he just launches into his news report. Several moments in this episode that broke us. Like the sacks of, of wet cement. Thanks for that, Les. It yeah. sure so, is. Watermelon. I marked that off as racism. Check. I recognize him. I didn't think to look for him because, you know, turkeys. That was like sexism. Check. They land the helicopter when they realize that dropping live turkeys out of the helicopter is bad. So they land and they let out the rest of the turkeys who seem to understand what happened and want vengeance. Those Were the Days is filmed before a live internet audience. Hey everybody, welcome on in. It is Those Were the Days, the show where we look at classic television. And it is the happiest time of the year, it's the holiday season, and so we are going to be talking about a holiday special starring a kid that's incredibly depressed about Christmas. What what could be more perfect? <laughs> I am Travis, a.k.a. TV's Travis. I'm hosting this week again, uh, but I can't do things alone. No, no, no. Uh, I might be steering the ship, but uh, I need a friend. A friend here who always has his blanket with him. It's Steven. Hey there, it's your favorite blanket-wielding kid. Some folks might think that a blanket's just a thing for insecure kids who don't know how to let go. Uh, well, I know that it's a hat, a bib, a flag, a sling, anything you want it to be. My bet is that one day you're going to want to know a guy who knows where his blanket is. Also with us, uh, <laughs> opening up her psychiatry booth, it is Amy. So when I was a kid, we always did the uh, Christmas pageant at church. And I was always an angel or in the chorus or whatever. Um, and then and then one year, my little sister was Mary. And I was a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> and hanging out, sitting on top of his house in the backyard, it's Audie. You know, everybody talks about how great Beethoven was. But he wasn't so great. He never got his picture on a bubblegum card. Have you ever seen his picture on bubblegum bubble cards? That's what I mean when I say Beethoven wasn't that great. <laughs> I mean, you know look, now that's I a, bet he is. I mean, he might be now, but that in, in 1965, that's some flawless logic she's got going on. There. You can't really <laughs> poke a hole in that, can you? If you haven't figured it out by now, we are talking about A Charlie Brown Christmas. It is a Christmas special that plays every year on broadcast television and has uh, since 1965 when it mm -hmm. debuted. December 9th, 1965, A Charlie Brown Christmas debuted. It was the first uh, animated adaptation of the Peanuts comic. The Peanuts comic created by Charles Schultz in 1950. Um, and it had become just an international sensation. Everybody knew it. Everybody loved it. So they, they made this. And he was uh, approached by a producer uh, who the name is, let me find it here. Um, darn it. I had it. Uh, Lee Mendelson. Lee Mendelson wanted to originally do a documentary about Charles Schultz and the Peanuts comic. He had done one on Willie Mays um, prior to that, and he kind of thought it would be fun to do a documentary on the best baseball player in the world and then one on the worst baseball player in the world, Charlie Brown. 
<laughs> he pitched the idea for these uh, the documentary, and it never really got picked up. But eventually, um, in 1965, Coca-Cola wanted to sponsor uh, a, a Christmas special. And so Lee Mendelson went to Charles Schultz. They got an um, animation director, um, uh, Bill Melendez. And in six months from the pitch to Coca-Cola, they finished uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas. That's that Coca-Cola money. It's Mm -hmm. not even for that much money. It's just incredible that they were able to do a half-hour animated special, Soup to Nuts, in six months with child actors doing all the voice work. Which is pretty incredible. There are no adults in the in the comic strip at this point, and there were no adults in the special. So they they hired all kids, and half the kids were um, like background voices were from uh, Mendelssohn's neighborhood. <laughs> so they, wow. they became like huge celebrities at their elementary schools because they were in nice. a Charlie Brown Christmas. Um, the couple, there, uh, the the one playing Charlie Brown, uh, Peter Robbins, had done a fair amount of acting already at the age of. I think he was nine when they made this. Um, so he had been doing some some acting. He ended up retiring from acting but did look back on this thing. It was one of the best things he's ever been a part of. And it's, it's interesting, too. Uh, I think it was, um, I want to say Kathy Steinberg, maybe, whoever played Sally. She was only like six, and so she couldn't memorize any lines. So they just had to feed her li- each line, yeah. <laughs> which is you can tell when you listen to it. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, th- this came together very quickly. Uh, they actually animated it, I, I was reading, at only 12 frames uh, a second, which is interesting. It's like half wow. what you normally would. Um, but it's still something like, God, what did I read? Uh, oh, by the way, the budget was $76,000 to make this in 1975. It wow. ended up, it ended up costing of, I mean, about ninety-six. Mm-hmm. So, and That's they weren't a lot in today money. It is. They weren't yeah. entirely sure if it was going to be uh, that big of a special because it was half an hour uh, animated, shown during prime time. It didn't have a laugh track. Charles Schultz didn't want a laugh track on it to, because he didn't want anything to anything like that to force inform when you should laugh. He wanted the jokes to just be organic. And um, let's let's not look past the t- that this was a time when a cartoonist making. A newspaper cartoon like this had that kind of power and that kind of say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it wasn't just buying the rights to something and then making it. This was Mendelssohn coming to Charles Schultz and like, hey, I want to make this thing. I want to work with you. They came up with the story in a day because they only had, I think, a weekend from when they were told that they had the pitch with Coke to have it done and get to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So, they, <laughs> so, so they basically came up with the story, went and pitched it, and then had to wait a few days for Coca-Cola to make the decision. And then they did. And then from there, they had six months to, to finish it up. So they, were, they wrote it over the course of a couple of weeks. Um, there's 13,000 hand-animated cells went into making this. Um, and it's just it's, it's a glorious, simple animated uh, piece. Um, it's very limited movement, but it works. It works for the mm-hmm. Peanuts characters really well. Um, and I just absolutely adore it. So I want to know, because uh, I have watched this, I can't tell you how many times I had it <laughs> on videotape growing up. 
Uh, it was on every year. Um, but starting with Audi, what's your history with the Charlie Brown Christmas? Oh, watched it every year. Loved it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I mean, I went to college for comics for crying out loud. So, um, <laughs> yeah, this this was near and dear to my heart. Um, and it's funny that we're talking about this on the 28th, like two days ago was Charles Schultz's would be 100th birthday. So uh, apt timing for recording this. It's like we planned it. Yeah, it's all, almost. Right. That. We could but be could... Uh, we we could be threatened that we had planned this. Um, Stephen, <laughs> how about you? What's your what's your history with uh, Charlie Brown Christmas? I don't have one. Um, <gasps> I probably have watched it once as a kid in elementary school. You know, and they wheel in the TV and you you watch the show. <laughs> I have now. Now, to be fair, I watched Charlie Brown. It's Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, plenty mm-hmm. of times. I had the, the Peanuts was the Charlie Brown movies and shows and stuff were readily available at the local library. We could mm-hmm. rent them on tape. You know, we yep. used to do that at the library. So that was one of the things I always bring home is different Peanuts things. Um, so I've watched lots, plenty of Charlie Brown. I love the Peanuts uh, comic strip. I do not recall ever watching this all the way through. So this was, we're going to treat this as if it was my first Charlie Brown Christmas. <laughs> nice. Because uh, whatever seven-year-old me with the wheelie TV does not remember uh, much about it. Hmm, okay. How about you, Amy? Uh, yeah, no, I, this is, this is my jam. Um, like Steven, I watched a lot of Peanuts. Um, there's a, there's one that no one else seems to remember, which was Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown. I remember. Oh, I remember that one. Um, with the river race. Yes. Mm-hmm. They like go yeah. to camp. All right. Cause like prior That's the to one the, I remember most. Prior <laughs> yeah. to the internet, right? It's up there with Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. And that prior to the internet, you're mm-hmm. the only human that knows this thing exists. But mm. then the internet tells you that, no, 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 no. Other people have seen this. Um, yeah. So I definitely had it on like the recorded tape off the TV with the Folgers commercial and the Campbell's soup with the kid that's a snowman. Yep. Um, I think I also had on like a purchased VHS and I do own it on DVD. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I absolutely had the uh, purchased VHS as well as a recorded. I think, I believe I had it recorded on both Betamax and then later VHS, as well as having a purchased VHS, because I remember the clamshell plastic case yeah. for it mm, um, yeah. distinctly. I never had it on DVD, uh, I don't believe, but I'm pretty sure someone in the extended family did, and so it would get, at Christmases, it would get thrown into a DVD player somewhere. Um, but yeah, I also watched this a bunch when I was a kid. And uh, and loved it. Loved all the peanuts stuff. I you know would read the peanuts. Peanuts was <clears throat> the top above the fold comic in the Sunday comics in yep. our local newspaper yep. forever. I think it might still be actually, <laughs> um, for all I know. But mm-hmm. uh, it was because either peanuts or Garfield were the two that would be there at any point. Um, but yeah, this was just uh, this was a fun. And I had not watched it for a few years, so this was a fun little nostalgia trip for me to remember because as soon as it started it all came flooding back and i could picture myself i could picture the room that i was in when i would watch this as a kid (laughs) on the exact tv that i watched it on like just all of that came back and this was super super fun so uh it's a very simple story that's being told and basically it was charles schultz wanted to do a christmas special 
about the true meaning of Christmas. So even back in 1965, they were already complaining that Christmas was too commercialized and that <laughs> yeah. nobody cared about oh, the boy. true meaning of Christmas. <laughs> and who oh boy, has it not gotten better? Um, <laughs> and uh, so he wanted to, to capture the true meaning of Christmas. And it was also very important to him to have a passage of the Bible read at some point in the special. So he wrote in for Linus to do that. That was, even in 1965, thought of as kind of a controversial idea because there wasn't a lot of that on primetime specials and Christmas episodes of, uh, of shows at the time. But he sure. was insistent. He, he even said to Lee uh, Mendelssohn, look, if we don't do it, who's going to? So it was important for him to do for his own kind of uh, personal uh, beliefs, and so he worked that in there. And what I like is that it is a very important part of this special, and it's handled really well, and it's not, it doesn't feel ham-fisted or, like, heavy-handed in it. it. It oddly, for it just being literally Linus walks out on stage and starts quoting scripture, it doesn't yeah. feel out of place to me and i think it's because it's, it's peanuts a, yeah there's that and it's not a it's not a altar call it's mm-hmm. like literally just reading the bible story you already know and it's but just like the king james you know yeah. Yeah. it's framed as coming from linus too right because it's right. like charlie mm-hmm. brown's having this we'll call it a crisis of faith for what it, you know even though it's not necessarily actually faith right but he's like i don't get christmas anymore like whatever and so Linus mm-hmm. is like, okay, well, this is my deal. Maybe this will help you. And so I yeah. think that, yeah. that mm-hmm. you know, helps it too. Well, and, and I should start. So at the start of the things, Charlie Brown is talking to Linus. And he's like, I just, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I'm, I, I, I don't feel Christmas. I'm, I enjoy giving presents. I enjoy putting out decorations, but I, I'm still not happy. I'm just depressed about it. And Linus kind of doesn't really have much of an answer for him. And so he goes to talk to Lucy. And Lucy immediately goes into, well, let's look at your fears and just starts (laughs) rattling off phobias. (laughs) And the best part about that is when she gets to, you know, she says whatever the last one is, and I can't remember it. I I didn't write it down. Pantophobia. Pantophobia? I think so, or panophobia. And and he's like, well, what's that? It's the fear of everything. Oh, that's it. (laughs) That's it. So much that she um, gets blown back. Yeah. And so <laughs> so he's, she ends up suggesting, why don't you direct our Christmas play? That'll give you something. You need something to do. Come direct the Christmas play. We've got it all. We've got great music, great costumes. We even have a Christmas queen, which is mentioned more than once, and yet never we never see. We never get there. <laughs> um, like, we only had so many you know months to put this together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, they only had 13,000 frames worth. <laughs> they um, even had to cut it to 12 from 24 just to make the deadline. Right. You know? So <laughs> and originally it was going to be an hour long, and they convinced them, let's cut it back to half an hour. Um, okay. They could have done 16, or math, 26,000 frames. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. Um, so, so Charlie Brown gets convinced, and uh, he decides he's going to do it. So he shows up. To rehearsal, and they're all just dancing while Schroeder plays piano. They get a lot of mileage out of those frames. Mm-hmm. They do. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And the two <laughs> girls that are identical but mirror image of each other uh, mm-hmm. in the purple, I noticed yeah. them like, wait, those are, 
Those are copy paste. Mm-hmm. What, what are we doing? What I love Maybe about twins. I don't know. Yeah, what I love about that though is they get a lot of mileage out of it, but each person has their own individual, very unique yes. dance, and mm-hmm. it's burned into your brain. Like you, you can see that and immediately know who they all are based on their <laughs> dance. So yes. it was it was quite awesome. So. So Charlie Brown is like, all right, we need to we need to do this. So he starts going over like all his stage directions, and while he's doing that, everyone just gives up and goes back to dancing. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's listening. I feel to his him. pain. Yeah. Have you ever tried to direct your friends in anything, and you're just like, nah, this is just a pain. I used to put on all kinds of shows when I was a kid. Um, mm-hmm. I must have been ruthless. I don't remember being ruthless, but I must have been because they all went along with it the whole time. Um, I mean, my father even turned our swing set into like a stage with curtains and stuff. So, I mean, I must have been fairly convincing. (laughs) Yeah. You just got to act the part. I I remember directing movies on my, you know, with my video camera with all my friends. And it Mm -hmm. was, you know, rarely would you get what you wanted is what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, she's like I'm yeah. out here trying to make art, and you're just like <laughs> beating each other up on camera. What are we doing? Yeah, no, Grow that's up, uh, guys. That is incredibly accurate. Uh, I did that yeah. for way too long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so now, so he gets Lucy to be the script girl and hand out uh, pay parts to everybody, and uh, I love that because you get. Um, <laughs> What is it? The the innkeeper's wife. Does she have naturally curly hair? <laughs> curly hair. Uh, Pigpen, my favorite. Uh, and his first things. I will, despite my outward appearance, I will try to keep a clean in, a tidy in. So he hands everything out, and and uh, nobody really wants to do anything. He's getting frustrated. So Lucy sends him out to find a Christmas tree, a nice big aluminum Christmas tree, preferably painted well, pink. Yeah. Before we get to that, though, we get all of Snoopy's animals. You oh, know, yes. The mm-hmm. typical animals that you get in in the Christmas story, you know, from the Bible. You've got your sheep and your cows and your penguins. Old <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, Jerusalem penguins. They're, they're yeah. not around anymore, but no. they, were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. they were. Right. They went extinct. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard for them to make it in the desert. So, So he ends up getting sent out to find the Christmas tree. And he takes Linus with him, and they go. And they go to the Christmas tree farm, which is just full of nothing Big but air aluminum. On yeah. farm. Yeah. <laughs> well, it had, and it had searchlights, so it was easy mm-hmm. to spot. Mm-hmm. There's one wooden tree left. There's one natural tree, and it is the saddest, most sickly-looking tree you've ever seen in your life. And it calls to Charlie Brown, and he has to get that one. And he, he, I mean, it's so bad when he picks it up, like half the needles fall off of it. <laughs> but he takes it anyway, and he's so proud of it. And he takes it back, and he pr- and and while he's gone, we get uh, one of my favorite scenes in the whole thing, which is Schroeder playing the piano and he's playing some Beethoven, and Lucy complaining that he's playing Beethoven. <laughs> and so he plays something else, and Snoopy comes in to dance, and it's great. I remember that that so well that whole thing with all his different dance moves and schroeder eventually notices he's dancing and just stops playing but snoopy's snoopy's in the zone man he's just going for it (laughs) until he notices there's no music playing and they're just staring at him and then he gets that instant (laughs) instant regret and embarrassment and slinks off yeah i felt that really hard i loved how many different (laughs) instruments that little piano could sound like 
Yeah, mm-hmm. it was impressive. Depending on how he played I it. Mean, piano yeah. organ or then tiny kid's piano when he was doing it one finger, just ding, 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 ding. So <laughs> this is my favorite part about that, right? Because this is like, this spoke to me deeply because it's it's her, it's Lucy trying to get the right version of Jingle Bells. She's yes. like, no, 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 no. And her... Her her description of what it is is like in no way related to whatever the music that that he's playing is, but the best part is the fact that it's just this like little plinky kids piano, and she's like, "That's it," because this is this is the equivalent of cran- canned cranberry sauce at Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> it's not the best, but it's the one you want because it's the one that you have at Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not mm-hmm. the best version of Jingle Bells, but it's the one she wants because that mm-hmm. is it's her canned cranberry sauce. And yet Schroeder, like all musicians, wants to do it ten times better than anybody ever has before. Mm-hmm. Of course. He's trying to make art here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so Charlie Brown, and uh, and it's important you say Charlie Brown, by the way. Yeah. If you notice, nobody refers to him the only character in the history of Peanuts I can think of that doesn't Pepper refer to him Patty. as Charlie Brown is Peppermint, Peppermint Patty, Patty, who mm-hmm. calls him Chuck. Everyone else, it's mm-hmm. Charlie Brown. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because so of Char- all the Charlie Browns, he's the Charlie Browniest. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. For sure. So Charlie Brown and Linus return with the tree. Then he puts it on top of the piano, and they just ra- they just rake him over the coals about it. <laughs> It's just, yeah, oh, you're such a blockhead. Oh, you, you couldn't even do this right. Da-da. So he gets upset and he leaves with his tree. Now, and... I will say that if someone I knew exchanged money for that particular <laughs> branch, I probably also would have mocked them mercilessly. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes the, uh, the tree and he leaves and he decides he's going to decorate it himself. He's going to make it look like a good tree. When he gets to Snoopy's doghouse, Snoopy had entered the neighborhood mm-hmm. um, decoration contest. Yeah. Because we, we missed that earlier. This was when... Win uh, money, Charlie, money, money. Yeah, mm-hmm. when Charlie Brown's lamenting the commercialism of Christmas and he, he catches <laughs> Snoopy uh, decorating his doghouse. So he takes one bulb off of the doghouse, puts it on the tree, and the poor, sad little tree can't even hold itself <laughs> up anymore. <laughs> and it falls over. And he gives up. And he leaves, just distraught. And while he's gone, the rest of the kids show up, and they end up um, decorating the tree. And all of a sudden, it looks just gorgeous. It looks like one of the aluminum trees, except it's mm-hmm. green and it's made of wood. They, they manage to transform the tree into something better. Yeah. And then they start singing. And when Charlie yeah. Brown comes out, like, what's going on here? And he sees the tree, and then they all just sing, and that's the end. His face is very good. It is. His face when he sees the tree is probably one of the greatest things in animation. It's it's very, it's good. very good. That it's such a smile. simple. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's such a simple little story, but it's just heartwarming. It's wholesome. There's just something great about this idea that Charlie Brown, the the what he goes through during it how depressed he is at the beginning and he doesn't really understand why he's just like, I don't, I don't feel the the spirit of Christmas. And it took until it took him failing over and over. And then finally, even after all that, his friends still caring enough to decorate the tree. And he, he found it at the end. And it's just a cute, adorable little thing with amazing music. And it's so much fun. 
I wish there was more I love to talk about like plot oh. wise, but um go ahead, Steven. Yeah. I was gonna just say how much of a joy to me the the audio is. Mm-hmm. Like it's so crunchy. It's so crunchy and it's so <laughs> old. Mm-hmm. But that's like where half the charm lives is in the scrappy quality of it. Like you were saying earlier about, well, they just did 12 frames a second instead of 24. Uh, and there's something that adds to the magic of it to me. And I really appreciate that. And I love the kid actors and the way they sound. I don't know why that always mm-hmm. appealed to me. But as soon as it kicked off, I'm like, oh, man, listen to that tin can in the closet <laughs> recording we're getting here. Um, well, that's it's... probably one of my one of my favorite parts. And I did I did think it was cool how it was such a focus on mental health in, in the 1960s, which was not a thing. Yeah. Um, and how well they they cared about Charlie's depression. They're like, let's let's really help him figure this out. Or at least Linus did, you know. Yeah. Um, that was cool to me. I, I thought it was ahead of its time in that manner. Well, it does it. It is because like Linus is trying to help him. Even Lucy's trying to help him. She's like, "You need something to sure. do. Let's do this thing. Here you go. Give you some purpose. Maybe that'll help." And and she's trying to help, for the most part, with the with the play, like all of that. I I just I love all of that stuff. Um, and the music, uh, they had this mixture of kind of classical music with jazz, and it's a jazz piano, and it's it's not it's unlike anything you'd really heard in terms of animation at that point. So yeah, this new. is um, after years of retail and being forced to listen to whatever <laughs> terrible Christmas music was piped through. Um, the second that I had full control over what holiday music would be played, first of all, it only happened on Christmas week. Um, but second <laughs> of all, it was very largely Vince Guaraldi trio just kind of on loop because it didn't bother me and I was the only one hearing it over and over so it was like this is great we're just gonna loop this and people come in and be like oh it's so nice yeah yeah it is mm-hmm. it's because really it's not nice. wham for the 800th time right. Right. wham and Mar- Mariah Carey and- Mariah Carey yeah oh gosh oh, but my, man hearing Christmas time is here is just a warm mm-hmm. blanket of feelings good night like as yeah. soon as it, the episode started and you hear the little piano I was like oh <laughs> oh, it's Christmas. <laughs> yep, you, you just let it wash over you, and then you take in the the mm-hmm. you know the the animation of the kids ice skating on the yeah. lake. Yeah, um, it's the then... Vince Guaraldi Charlie Brown Christmas and the Muppets John Denver Christmas album. Those yep. are my like mm-hmm. my little cozy happy. Place. And that that Vince Guaraldi trio album, the the Charlie Brown Christmas album, sold like five million copies. Yeah, like it was wildly yeah. popular. Um, so I, I just enjoyed that. And, and Stephen, you mentioned the kid actors, and I like having actual kids be these characters in this because mm-hmm. it would have been very easy to get some people to do kid voices. And mm-hmm. I think there's a there's an authenticity level having the kids doing it and hearing, like being able to hear that they had to record a single line at a time and stitch them together. <laughs> and like it's something that, that just it feels right because these should sound like kids. They shouldn't sound like professionals. Um, and I yeah, just... they always. I mean, anytime you use kids, it adds to. Hey Arnold um, mm-hmm. was one of those shows that used actual kid actors when it wasn't fashionable to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like at some point towards the nineties, they just started using adults to sound like kids. 
and uh, and then they ended up finding a bunch of ten and eleven year olds to be Hey Arnold characters, and it's it always adds to it when you keep it. Think of uh, think of Monsters Incorporated using yeah. an actual two year old to run around yeah. and follow around with a microphone <laughs> making noises. Yeah, it's is you can't fake that. There's no. something else in it that it's not just the way it sounds. It's the it's everything. It's the whole yeah. package about what a what a child can bring to a performance that yeah. an adult pretending to be a child cannot. I and, mentioned and, pre-show talking about Bluey. They do that. All yeah. the kids in that show are kids of the yep. people that make the show even, not even actors. They're just kids that they know. So, like, they're not even credited. Like, they don't want the kids to have any <laughs> notoriety or be whatever. They're just the voices mm-hmm. of those characters. And, like, I get why certain productions don't want to have kids, right? Because time is money, and kids are going to oh, make yeah. the recording oh, process yeah. take so much longer and and all of that. So I understand that. But you're right. There is a difference between even the best voice actor doing a kid. It's still going to be an adult doing a child. Yeah. And there's just a difference in, like, world, you know, world weariness in the voice, no matter how <laughs> good that voice is. Uh, Steven, you, you mentioned know. earlier about how it sounded like the writing of this is ahead of its time. That was Peanuts, mm-hmm. period, because before yeah. Peanuts, yeah. you didn't have a comic about kids talking in this adult language that they did. Like, that was something that Charles Schultz really kind of pioneered. Like, before that, if it was a kid, they talked like a little kid and didn't have much mm-hmm. to it. Peanuts... They were only kids. You only ever saw kids, but they did not talk like children. They talked like adults. Charlie Brown being depressed all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie well, Brown's the... comment about the the thanks for sending me a Christmas card. I didn't <laughs> send you a Christmas card. Don't you get sarcasm? <laughs> yeah. oh, I loved that. Uh... And even um uh Peter Robbins, who was the voice of Charlie Brown, had said that, you know, the recording sessions were pretty chaotic. It was just a bunch of kids running around, um, and and the kids kind of thought that the dialogue they were doing was like cool because there was stuff in there that they had trouble pronouncing, like Eastern Syndicate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the, reportedly, they got all of the, everything recorded in a day. Wow! So they got wow. the entire special That's done impressive. in a day, which I'm sure helped the six month time period. Like, all right, we got that part done. <laughs> Now we've got uh, five months and 29 days to figure out the rest. Well, these are so. people who obviously understood children and were like, there's no no way we're going to get this done any other way than just nailing it down in one day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Otherwise, we're going to drag it out. It's smart. Uh, it's smart to feed the kids their lines and have them just repeat them back. But yeah. that was another fun little bit was um, I think it was they had uh, M- Bill Melendez was feeding Peter Robbins his lines. And Peter Robbins was reciting them back, but with a bit of a Spanish or a Mexican accent. <laughs> <laughs> so he had to he had to stop doing that because I mean kids kids are great. Yeah, like sure. you tell them to do something, well, they they're going to do exactly that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when you try to yeah. whisper to them to get them to say something, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then they'll just whisper. whisper it, and you're like, no, just say it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. They parrot. Yeah. Shoot, I still do that. If I hang around people with an accent too long, I'll start emulating it on accident, and I'll mm-hmm. feel like an idiot. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. stop hanging out with British people because I'll automatically just start being British, and that's not okay. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible when you work phone customer service and somebody from another country is talking to you in an accent, and you have to kill yourself to not talk back to them in that accent <laughs> to take mm-hmm. them off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Another cool thing I read was that so they completed the recording in a day, and next door to where the kids were recording was Jefferson Airplane working on something. Right. And they came over, according to what I read anyway, they came over and got all the kids' autographs. Aww. Oh, that's awesome. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I don't, I don't know what else to say about it. This is just like, f- watch this. If you haven't watched it in a few years, watch it again. If you, uh, just go watch it, watch it a bunch, watch it every year because it's just so much, it's so much fun. And I love, I'm, I'm a fan of that kind of simple animation that they do yeah. in this mm-hmm. taking in, mm-hmm. and, and like the dancing, for instance, it's, it's just on a loop. It's a very simple thing. But there's just something, I don't know, like comforting in watching something like that and hearing just a really cool little piece of jazz playing and these kids dancing around. And it reminds me. I think that's like, why we liked flash animation so much in the I 90s. I think so. We were like, I, yes, honestly, I understand yeah. this format. Yeah, because it, that was just a, an evolution of this. And we grew up with <laughs> this kind of stuff. Hanna-Barbera was... frames, enjoy. Yeah. I mean, Hanna-Barbera did a lot of stuff on budget. Yeah. And it was a lot of reused animation. Um, actually, uh, apparently, um, Bill Melendez tried to get a hold of William Hanna to ask for some tips, and Hanna just didn't <laughs> give him anything. It's like, eh, nah, you're, you're fine. <laughs> I um, did want to want to pose to like to Adi because you've got you've got little ones. Do they like Charlie Brown's Christmas? Have you introduced it to them? I haven't yet. Um, you know, they're into their own little things i might try and show it to them at some point um i just didn't get yeah. a chance to this time around but you know i'll try to bring it up and and see what they think um they'd probably appreciate some of it like they're, they're into all kinds of stuff so we'll see maybe maybe i mean i was thinking about showing it to sam but his his cartoons are <laughs> very fast-paced and wild and <laughs> crazy and nuts like spongebob the amazing world of gumball um which are fantastic cartoons so for me. I'm a grown up mm-hmm. and I think they're great. But I was sitting there watching this going, I think Sam would be like, yes, I'm going to do something else. <laughs> Just because of the slow, casual pace of it. So I'm wondering, are, are, are we one of the last generations that can hang in there with it? Uh, or, or is it just going to, you know, or is it going to be timeless and maybe some yeah. kids pick up on it maybe later. You put the commercials back in, they'll be fine. That's don't true. worry about it. They are built in break. Uh-uh. They don't know what commercials <laughs> yeah. are for. Are you kidding me? No, my kid has no idea what a commercial is. We were at his grandparents' house, and they just have satellite TV. And like any time a commercial is like, just fast, can we go past it? No. Yeah. He calls them ads, though. They're not commercials to him. He's just like, yep. ads. Where's the skip ad button, Dad? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I do have to say having kids. I I gotta say something though. I just I I really appreciate, even though it's very classic and dated animation, it's amazing how well it translates this comic. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think still like the more recent Charlie Brown movie they did, like they kind of did a hybrid between kind of three D, but kind of had cell shading and kind of had this Mm -hmm. you know inked look to it, and it was okay. But I'm still sitting here thinking, like, this this one made in 65 is kind of better. I kind of dig it better for Peanuts, you know? For yeah, it fits movie. Peanuts so much more to just have it be flat, two-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's just what it needs to be. 
So I, I'm with you on and that. And there's so much more room to do things in 2D than we're doing. You know what I mean? Like, we've seen some hybrid stuff. Like, Spider-Verse was just absolutely yeah. mind-blowing. And it mm-hmm. had 2D, 3D elements all to combine together. I don't feel like every rehash of a cartoon we enjoyed needs to be 3D-ified. Right. You know, that Peanuts thing could have been souped up 2D and still been awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, we, there's plenty of things we enjoy that are 2D that are great. Absolutely. I didn't watch yeah. the movie, though. I need to check it out because it does look charming, and I love me some peanuts. It All is right, charming. So, so we do have to – I do want to know, starting with Amy, what is your favorite part of A Charlie Brown Christmas? Like, is there one, oh, is there one section of it? Is there one thing that stands out to you above all else? Um, I think it's probably the part where um, Charlie Brown calls over his little sister Sally um, after they've given out all the parts, and mm-hmm. um, it's because, and he's like, and Linus is like, what do you need her for? <laughs> and he's like, oh, she's going to play your wife. And it's just, it's very good because the whole Sally having a crush on Linus is adorable. Sally's Christmas letter to Santa, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, because we did gloss over that part where she's writing about, like, please make a note of the sizes and colors. If that's too much work, just send cash. Tens and twenties. <laughs> um, Sally's just great. I appreciate her more than I like. I think I thought she was kind of annoying when she when I was little, which she is. But I appreciate her more now. Okay, so Sally, basically. Sally. Okay. Sally. Audie, how about you? Well, I've got two. First is the opening with the Christmas time is here because mm-hmm. gosh, I just love that song. I love the way they slow roll into the episode with it. Second is when Lucy is giving Linus his script <clears throat> and he's yes. complaining about <laughs> memorizing his lines. And she's like, memorize them. And he's like, give me one good reason. And she says, I'll give you five. And each finger comes down. One, two, three, four, five. And Linus says, not only is Christmas getting too commercial, it's getting too dangerous. <laughs> but they're good reasons. Those are good reasons. Shepherd. Five very good reasons. <sighs> All right. That's, that's very good. Steven, now that you've seen it, um, did anything kind of jump out at you? Sure, I I appreciate the overall message of the uh, or the the several messages are in this, but the one of the the over commercialized Christmas um, certainly resonates with me. I was I went through a phase when I was like thirteen or fourteen where I like wanted to boycott Christmas because like Christmas is about Jesus, not about presents. What are we doing? <laughs> and I know I was the most annoying kid to my parents because come December twenty fifth. Uh, who was pumped to get up in the morning and find like a, a guitar or a whatever I was after? Um, so that had to. Be, I had to tell Stephanie the other day how obnoxious I was. But um, <laughs> I say that, but I do appreciate the scripture reading at the end. I did not expect that, but I did. Ex- I did appreciate the try to throw back to what is what are we doing Christmas mm-hmm. for? Um, and that resonated for me. I I enjoyed that. I was like, okay, this is a good level set. Uh, I'm like I'm Samuel Jackson right now. I'm trying to find, you know, I'm the shepherd I'm trying to work my way. I'm, I'm going through a process um, and stuff like that's the, just a good reminder where I'm at right now in multiple different things. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, 
we need some of that because uh, Sam is making his Christmas list, and I can probably count on one hand the amount of times we talked about what is Christmas. Uh, so <laughs> watch Charlie, Charlie Christmas because it's shameful. It's shameful. What it is. <laughs> and you know, also that scene that is an incredible reading by that kid. Like that, yeah, the, it's great. It's such an earnest just just reading of those lines, and and I really appreciate that. I think for yeah. me, the thing that I always remember of this is Snoopy just Snoopy dancing on the piano and it's, it's three different poses, but they're, they're so memorable. Snoopy doing his penguin walk, uh, just all of that. And it was, that was what I gravitated to as a kid. And it's still what I gravitate to now. He was just, he's such a goofball and he can mm-hmm. do whatever you want him to do. And it was fun. And I like that they didn't try to give him a voice of any kind. It's just some muttering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it was, I think it was Bill Melendez yeah. that did the muttering, and then they sped it up. Nice. Oh, wow. Okay. So it was the animator just muttered a bunch of stuff, and then they sped it up so it didn't, you couldn't tell it was a, his, his voice, and, uh, and that was what you got. So, yes, for me, it's Snoopy, definitely. I yeah. do love seeing the Snoopy meme and- coming up lately of, of it's not Christmas until I see Snoopy eating 13 human femurs. yes that that sequence is great because it feels so like it's just so weird Mm -hmm. because he's just got that that dog bowl but also you understand it right oh yeah got your snack and you're just you're just just going yeah he's just chomping right through those bones like they're like they're crackers (laughs) it was so and just charlie brown sees it and it's like huh Okay, and just walks away. Like, you know what? <laughs> just gonna leave it alone. <sighs> it is. It is much better. Snoopy not having any audible like human lines because there have there were Charlie Brown movies and specials where Snoopy talked, and it was weird, and I didn't like it at all. I don't know if you remember any of those. I don't. Uh, but he would refer to Charlie Brown as the round-headed kid and stuff, and it was just awkward. See, hmm. you don't remember. No, Good. I don't. Maybe it's. Maybe I'm making that up, but no, I'm not making that up. That happened. No, uh, they're no. out there. I'm afraid to right look in. for it. Those right were the now. days show at gmail.com. Tell me I'm not crazy. Yeah. Yes, do so. Um, Please. I don't know feedback-wise if we got any – did we get any feedback this week? Um, I well, thought – Who's in chat mentioned something at some point about <laughs> having the VHS and – Every Monday night while I fold Oh, here here we got one. Every Monday night while I fold laundry and prepare for my in-office work days, I hang out and listen to these four chat about some classic TV. Oh, that was Skeezix from earlier tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, couldn't find my old recorded off TV VHS, but I do have it on DVD. I'd forgotten how relaxing this was between the amazing music and actually not a ton of dialogue. Yeah. It was also Skeezix. Um, yeah, it's that music. Like mm-hmm. The opening to this special and that children's choir singing, it's like a mug of warm cocoa and a blanket. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay, um, I'm happy now. I'm good. See, I think Arrested Development broke me with that music somehow <laughs> because they used it for when something really somber happened. sad, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now anytime like, something that happens that makes, like if, if Stephanie has to leave and go do something or I have to leave and go do something, we'll both just go, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every time. Yeah, I could see that uh, kind of breaking you a little bit on there. It's unfortunate. It did, but... it did. It is. Mm-hmm. But I think also it's because you didn't have 
the history with that music prior right. to yeah. right? right. So that's what's sure that took that didn't have anything. It had to it had free reign basically. The rest right. of development had had rent free uh, for that, <laughs> whereas mm-hmm. it was already uh, like burned into my brain this whole special mm-hmm. years and years yeah. and years before. Um, yeah, so that's that's the Charlie Brown a Charlie Brown Christmas, nineteen sixty five. Um, what one other little addendum I want to talk about here for a second? Sure, sure. I sure. got a cassette tape one year of Snoopy and his friends. Uh, the Royal Guardsman. And it is a tape of Snoopy versus the Red Baron with okay. songs interspersed. Huh. And it's happens around Christmas time at one point. So that also has Snoopy burned into my head at Christmas time. Specifically because of this album, it plays out like a radio play. So, like, there's, like, a British guy talking on his radio telling you what's happening. (laughs) And then they go into these songs about the story of Snoopy versus the Red Baron, the return of the Red Baron, and the story of Snoopy's Christmas. And then it had a side side two where Uh, them just doing songs about stuff. Uh, Like, one of the songs is it's Sop With Camel Time, the, the kind of plane he flies. Yep. So, if you have not heard that... I would encourage you to seek that out too. I think you can easily find it on like, you know, music services and stuff. Um it's it's just kind of adorable. I'll have to look for that. I do remember yeah. vaguely that that tape. I don't know if I had it or if I had a friend that did, but I seem to remember it. It's on that. the YouTubes. It is. Yeah. Well there you go. Fine. I think it, if you search hard enough, everything's on the YouTubes. It's mm-hmm. true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for better or worse. Um, but yeah that is a a charlie brown christmas that's kicking off holiday season for us here on those were the days classic holiday specials it is not my favorite holiday special i'm saving that one we we will get to it next year i will make sure of that Mm. so that's a tease for you you get to spend a year thinking about what could be travis's favorite special until then, I'm gonna though, do that. So you keep me up at night, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not gonna sleep for a year. And before we do all that, we have three more episodes this month with with the three of you. Starting with Audie. Audie, you are taking the reins next week. And what are we watching? We are going to be watching one of my favorite programs ever. We're going to be watching some Perfect Strangers, all season right. one, episode eleven, A Christmas Story. It is currently on Freebie, and I'm crossing my fingers that it doesn't go away anytime soon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to do that. Because awesome. I need me some Balky Bartakobos. Awesome. <laughs> my sister and I used to do the Dance of Joy. Oh, yeah. yeah. We did that. I could sing it right now, but I'll Don't save that for next week. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I have not watched Perfect Strangers in... Who probably decades. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to this. So that's what's uh, coming up next week. And then we'll still have Stephen and Amy uh, following those up. We get to find mm-hmm. out what those are. And uh, towards the end of this month, we will throw up another poll on Twitter and the socials to get our next topic that we will do of four. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Those Days Show. Uh, and we may even start popping up on other social networks. We'll see. 
Uh, right now, we're gonna we're gonna hang out with Twitter as it burns to the ground, and hopefully, uh, <laughs> everything stays fine. Honestly, I don't think it's going anywhere, but that's a conversation for a different time. Or you can always email us. Those were the days show at gmail dot com. Uh, send mm-hmm. in uh, if you have specific shows or topics you think that would be fun for us to to cover uh, a specific show or just a a like type of episode that you want to see. Uh, if you have feedback on the episodes, if you if there's anything you think that uh, we missed when talking about a show, email us. Let us know. We want to hear from you. Um, for sure. Those were the days show at gmail dot com. We'll read your email on the air too if you want us to. So until next week in perfect strangers. The, a Christmas story. The Christmas story? A Christmas story. A Christmas story, not the Christmas story. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that'll be next week. It's but an important in- distinction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, but until then, for Amy, for Stephen, for Audie, I am Travis, wishing you a wonderful holiday season. And watch some classic TV. Bye. <laughs>